It's been a while since I did blackface for Halloween. Hello and welcome to episode number 90 of Unrelenting. I was just looking because I'm like, wow, we're going to have our big 100th celebration soon, and that will be January 12th. Oh my God, you figured that out already? Yeah, January 12th. You know, unless we double up on a few shows, and if you want to get it in by the end of the fiscal 2023, but it looks like it's not going to be until 2024. Yeah, that's fine. Episode. I mean, 100. it's going to be hard enough for the next two months for somebody not to be uh, missing a show. That would be you. You're going somewhere. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, this was all just a bet. Adam Curry said you can never do 100 episodes of a show with Gene. Uh, I could totally see that, too. <laughs> <laughs> the stakes uh-huh. must be high for that one. You will never last. Let me tell you, my friend. A hundred yeah. episodes with T-Man Gene. I don't think a hundred is, is particularly hard. I think every podcast I've done has gone over a hundred. It's just, it's between a hundred and two hundred is when things happen. Have you ever had a show with a co-host that went over a hundred? No, God, no. See, that's I mean, right there. That's the I've, difference. I've never had a co-host until you. Wow. So you finally decided you needed a Well, that's okay. Now. Okay. That's technically not true. I did have five co-hosts on my first ever podcast <laughs> at one time or were they rotating yeah yeah, yeah. Went one time and then you realize that the panel shows are just way too confusing well no i had a rule at the beginning of the show and the reason i had five people on rotating it was a tech podcast it was uh, uh you know information security related oh you were trying to be leo laporte uh no but um who was the guy there was actually somebody that was doing a really good tech show back then but there was like literally two of them and um i thought okay i don't have enough crap to talk about every week oh wait you didn't think you had enough going on that you would be able to carry a show well i would run out of interesting topics let's put it that way i could react i just couldn't i didn't imagine that i would uh you know, just be excited about talking to a microphone every week. I'm not a fucking introvert. Okay. Really? So it, yeah, really. <laughs> so, so my idea was the more people I have signed up, the less likely nobody is to show up. Oh, I get it. So this is kind of like, uh, if you invite 10 friends, you figure uh-huh. at least four are going to show party. up. Right. Yeah. So, and that's what I did. And, and it was exactly as predicted. So there was some shows where it was literally the six of us and everybody could, you know, chill for a while and while other people are talking and then do your five to 10 minutes and then you're done. But there was also uh, in interest interspersed between those episodes were episodes where there was only three of us that were there, just me and a couple other guys. Then, you know, everybody had to fill in a little more time, but my, what I told everybody as a rule for me was I will not do more than one show solo. So y'all had better show up and everybody can miss some shows because we got enough people, but you can't have 
everybody missed two shows in a row. And so that went on for, I think, a year and a half. Until it finally came down to you. Until it came down to where I, I did one episode solo and I was not happy about that. And I let everybody know. It's like, guys, what the hell? Nobody showed up. And then the next episode, I think only two people said they would, and they didn't. And I was like, okay, we're done. That's the end of the show. The interest level had waned. Yeah, yeah. It was Whether it was interest level or whether it was simply just random work busyness occurrences where people, uh, you know, didn't, didn't have this as high a priority as I did. Thirty Podcasts are work. Well, I mean work ish and especially for married people because i was one of those back then and and so was uh, everybody else which is why you wanted to lock yourself in the basement and well everybody i think we were doing them i want to say we were recording at like 7 p.m on thursdays or something so it was certainly conceivable that of five people on any random thursday there would be at least four wives angry at them (laughs) So that you should have a full deck of people ready to talk. Well, not if the wife's like, you haven't taken the trash out once. You're playing with your stupid, you know, podcasting crap. This thing will never last. <laughs> you didn't want Passing to hear that. In, you didn't want to hear that in the background. Yeah. Oh, I heard that in the back. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Guys, I, I'll be back doing? in a, and I'll be back next week. Uh, I gotta go. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. No, so that's how that stuff works. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's not a, I, I don't think I've ever met or talked to anyone's spouse who thought podcasting was a productive activity. Well, I'll see that. That would be bad then. Now, maybe your spouse, if I talk to her, say something different, because this is literally your job. So she kind of expects you to be doing it and making money. Yeah, we bring it. I mean, if I can't buy everybody Lego, else. Yeah, if I can't buy the Lego, things go poorly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe have you thought about buying like a Lego podcast studio for her? <laughs> Could you do that? Could you just build one? Build the Lego own, microphones? <laughs> uh, build your own podcasting studio and pretend uh-huh. that you're on the internet. Well, I, I would imagine the Lego version probably costs more than a thousand dollars. It'd be well more than the actual <laughs> uh-huh. version. <laughs> it's funny that the uh, Lego version of the Electro Voice RE20 is $800 where yeah, right. the actual RE20 is only 500 It's a bargain. Well, it's a, you, you understand there's a licensing fee involved, so of course you, it costs more. You got the licensing fee, and then there's people that have to figure out how to build it with what pieces. Mm-hmm. They have well, a I'm lot pretty of sure overhead. a computer does that in about two minutes now. You know, that is what I would think. So I can't mm-hmm. understand why they're not pumping out more sets, even if they're in the unofficial Does manner. Does somebody own Lego or are they independent, you know? I believe they're still independently owned and still headquartered in Billund over in Denmark. Hmm. So I think they're still a family-owned enterprise. I could be wrong. Yeah, privately held company. So they're not publishing financials either. Then. They're making a lot of money on little plastic yeah, this, bricks. They're owned by Chris Christensen. For a while, they said, you know, we're going to try to make our bricks without using all that bad, evil oil. And then they went, eh, that's not working well for us. So we're just going to keep doing it. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at their revenue chart that uh, I'm pulling off from Forbes magazine. Holy shit. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
There's money in them <laughs> we're, bricks. We're in the wrong business. Uh-huh. We should be making little plastic bricks. Okay. Compared to 2003, right? So that was uh, 10 to 20 years ago. How much more profit do you think they're making now than they were in 2003? I don't know the percentage, but I do Lego's know. Lego's been around forever. But yes. Well, they exploded yes, the, under COVID. Their, their profits are 1,000% up. That's a pretty good percentage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there is a Lego's idea website. NetNed just posted a link to the professional recording studio. So, yeah, there's a there's already a Lego version with the little people like doing music recording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we want to do like a real. Well, yeah, something for your wife, which is something that they're you know doing a little bit more now with things like floral arrangements things that if you walk into the room and the show that they do there's a reality show and they're doing versions everywhere i mean not everywhere but the united states australia new zealand the uk i think they started and then stopped and then there's a bunch that aren't in the english language so i'm not even sure how many exist there but there's multiple different lego shows where people compete and on a couple of them I thought one of the best competitions was they had a fake room, like a fake office. And the contest, the thing you had to do was pick an item to recreate that a person that they would bring in who didn't know what was real and what was Lego. They give them like a minute to look around the room and be, you know, they can't go and right up to it and touch it. They're looking at it from a few feet away. But the trick is, you know, can you fool people? Can you make something? And so this would be exactly that. Like, well, can you take the RE20 microphone and the microphone stand? Can you make this out of mm-hmm. Lego at, you know, 10, 15 feet away? Somebody wouldn't be able to tell that from the original. And so this is a whole different thing from when we were kids. It was like, hey, you built little square cars and buildings and you played with the little mini figures. Now it's like Dude, well, their, uh, their, their profits are up over a billion euros from last year. Damn, even let's see. Okay, I knew they exploded under COVID. I was not aware that this is still skyrocketing. Uh, uh huh. Taylor Swift residents. They, they've that only one, had Ned. one year where their sales went down over the last 20 years. That's pretty impressive for and a that toy was 2017. company. Why would, why would people not buy more in 2017? I don't know what happened in 2017 that's a good question but their sales were flat up until about 2007 and then that they started when pivoting. the big revival started maybe where they start making more stuff for adults and i think that was really mm-hmm. what uh instead of again the little toys that you would just make little things and play with as kids yeah the, the 20 dollar kits for your kid right mm-hmm. now it's the 700 titanic yeah yeah exactly you know and there's these things that are just quite impressive when you look at them including they figured out the gen xers were now financially capable of wasting more money because they're nostalgic right well that's it the wife had to have the pac-man set they came out with which is a miniature version of like a pac-man arcade game back in the day Mm -hmm. and there's a little crank on it that the little pac-man and dots move around the no yes dude it is wild what they've done i've never seen this okay i'll have to check out a video later and but they have done the atari the uh the nintendo 
the base unit video games that you played back in the day that you can now make out of Lego to sit on the shelf. And I, that one, I'm like, why don't we just buy a, uh, an actual Atari <laughs> to sit on the shelf if you want to use that yeah. as uh there you go. You know, I guess it's cool to be like, well, it's wah, Lego. Uh huh. But I'm surprised that, I mean, but obviously Lego's doing really well. So maybe I'm not surprised they're, they're, doing not, well. they're not pushing yeah. the thing because I bought the wife a couple of, and they have different art sets and they were on sale at Amazon. So if you get something on sale, Lego, really, that's another reason their profits are sky high. You look at the Lego store, they really rarely put anything on sale. Mm-hmm. but they make these well, art you, sets. you don't need to if there's a demand right and they make these art sets that are basically pixel art because they give you the big square lego well, I tell you, you'd be able to buy a whole bunch of legos at garage sales when the economy fully crashes uh-huh they'll be like you'll you'll be able to pick like, up yeah, a lot of things five bucks for nothing well in some mm-hmm. of these they're like early star wars sets and if you can find them still in the box sell for like twenty thirty thousand dollars yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, then again, well, everything's true. a little crazy when it comes to collectible stuff. But oh, crazy, especially spaceships. Of course, the virtual spaceships, especially. But you, the yeah. art Lego things, which I'm not a huge fan of, because you're basically just making pixel art because they give you a bunch of little round pieces, right, right. Mm-hmm. in different colors. And again, if you're right up on it, you can tell it's Lego. But you get 20 feet away, and you're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They had these Batman sets, the Jim Lee Batman sets, which are like 90 bucks a piece. Got two of those because then you can combine them and make bigger artwork. So uh, the wife made Taylor Swift on uh, Lego art. Wow. And I mean, I think it looks pretty damn good. And I was surprised I went to the Amazon review page because Amazon lets reviewers upload photos. Mm hmm. And there were no photos with them. Like, you know, this would sell because the Taylor Swift fans, as I've learned, are nuts when it comes Uh, to the merchandise. I would think Mm -hmm. that if you would put that on that Lego page, on the review page, anybody that sees it would be like, oh, yeah, I'm buying that. They probably can't afford licensing for her. I don't think you would need the licensing, though, if it's fan made. Yeah, Of course you would. In a review. I mean, for them to put no, her no. on the box, the review, you know, you, for them to put it in the box, that's what I'm right. saying. If they want to sell a box specifically to make, but the box, you can her. make anything out of because of the colors that are included and people are making Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. You don't, if you're Lego and you can't get the licensing, that's cool. But why don't you then post a few reviews of those people making those images? Yeah, you could do that. Yep. I've seen stuff like that. And I would think that would be the the selling thing. It's like, no, no, this box here, this is a dumb, generic. You can make a floral arrangement artwork. I mean, you know what what this actually is, though, right? What do you this mean? It's like slightly modern stitching, right? Oh, this is it. This is exactly what it's it is. Pillow art. Uh huh. Yeah, you want you buy the pattern. Uh huh. And uh-huh. in this case, people are giving away the patterns for free. Some people sell the stuff. Yeah. But it's like five bucks. And although, again, you can that, make it on Photoshop yourself. Not that hard. No, it's not. Well, that's why I'm, there has to be an AI that allows you to put in whatever you want, especially with the artwork, because that's all just pixeled. But I'm surprised mm-hmm. that that doesn't exist yet, because I would love to build a Lego Comiskey Park back as it was 
when I start going to ball games back in 1977. Mm-hmm. And I would not mind building one fairly large. You know, make it, uh, you know, I don't care if it's $500, $1,000 worth of pieces, whatever it is. And there's no easy way to be like, I want to make this. What pieces do I need? Because you're not really, you're not able to do they not sell the pieces by color. They do sell pieces by color, but there's different sizes. There's different shapes. There's all sorts of Mm. different things. Now you could probably figure it out if you just sat there. I'm looking at the Batman picture and all that would be super easy to do. It is just the Pac-Man. Yeah, no, the, the Batman. Oh, the Batman. Batman. Yes. The Jim Lee one. Uh, yeah, just, uh, do the posterized filter in, in Photoshop and reduce it to a very small resolution. However, remember pixels across and up and down and then, uh, put it, it on, spits on it out eight right. bit mode. And yes. I mean, that's literally all it is. And then you match the Lego color and it tells you exactly how many yeah. pieces you need and it spits mm-hmm. it out and it ships it to you. And all of a sudden Bob's your uncle. You're making money. Yeah, exactly. It's like I it, it took her like probably two days to put this thing together because those you, you, again, it's piece by piece. It's pixel by pixel, mm-hmm. which I'm like, do you really like doing this? And she's like, yeah, it's relaxing. So I'm like, I guess that's good for me. I would be mm, can can somebody just do this for me? And maybe that's the exit strategy. Maybe that is like build the Taylor Swift art. The wife thinks buy a fully built logo. Well, just yeah. to have right to have it. Somebody just ship it to you already put together. You know, you probably could do an Etsy thing where you you sell people a Lego set in an art frame. Yes, completed. Right. Ready. A to lot go. of money. And you start off by them just sending you a photograph of who they want. Yeah, that would be easy as well. I mean, that would be you once you go through the process once or twice, it, it'd be a no brainer part. And it would still be the longest part would still be hand doing. But you probably hire some Vietnamese people to do that for you. <laughs> right. Like eight, so, eight cents an hour. Uh-huh. Nice and, uh huh. And you probably get knockoff Legos in China anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you probably do the whole thing. Turn around for under 30 bucks. Sell it for a thousand hundred. <laughs> well, I was yeah. going for a thousand. I was getting greedy. Well, you're yeah, a little bit, um, but custom Lego photograph art. I mean, as a one-off, you could do somebody like a Taylor Swift without really raising any red flags, right? Because it's do a whole series of Taylor intro- Swift. Right. That'd be that'd be different, yeah. right? It's like if you're if you're making uh, hundreds of sets and selling them, not so much. If you're yeah. like, I like created can, this as a one-off, you, you can sell your image of Taylor Swift. You can't sell logos because they have taylor swift on them and you also can't make it so specific that somebody can tell what photograph it came from if you're basing it from a photograph Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that was the whole andy warhol prince thing where exactly because then you'd be ripping off the artist that took the photo uh it's a weird world isn't it nope (laughs) no it's not but you're sounding good total sense and um we took a poll and i I mean nobody was surprised about this poll Uh uh-huh uh, no agenda social especially not the people that put the third option in i know i knew the third option was gonna win i just wasn't sure jesus christ on how far down that was gonna go tell people what the third option was the option was where does gene's audio quality sound the best and i included clips there were links to clips i'm like unrelenting mm-hmm. 
Just Two Good Old Boys, which is the show he does with the dude named Ben, named Ben. And Mm -hmm. the last choice was, quote, I wouldn't listen to Gene if you paid me. Mm -hmm. 48% went with I would not listen to Gene even if you paid me. Although, I will say, I'm surprised that was under the majority, that that was under 50%. (laughs) Unrelenting, 33%. Just Mm -hmm. two good old boys, 19%. Mm -hmm. So you see, I told you you sound better here. That was the point of this. Yeah, I think that just represents the breakdowns in the number of total listeners is all. That there were more people, although I gave them the option to go listen to your other podcast. Yeah, no one's going to do that, dude. Come on. But everybody was like, you sound too quiet on the other show. Too quiet. That Yeah, that's because I'm using proper headroom instead of flattening out into two decibel range. No, you're supposed to, man. That's how. Didn't you ever listen to talk radio back in the day, man? It's got to be. All I listened to NPR. Oh, see, that's the problem. Okay, let me. And that's how my podcasts always sound. Let me go into NPR mode. Yeah, if you're not putting on good headphones when you're listening to me, then that's your problem. That's not on me. You have right. Gene recommends these fifteen thousand dollar headphones that he sells. (laughs) Fifteen thousand, but at least get a reference set for Christ's sake. You got to hear Gene in all of his glory. Buy good Mm -hmm. headphones, a nice amplifier. But then that yeah. would be the the NPR I mean, style. Don't use your iPhone amp for Christ's sake. You're listening to unrelenting. Do not listen on your iPhone. The audio quality is way superior than what you can get out of your iPhone. You must go to True a story. reference system. This is yeah. You do not want to listen to podcasts on your mobile device. No, <laughs> never do that. Do not. It's not what it's for. Do not fall into that trap. That the convenience of your phone is where you want to listen to these shows. It is not. No, and don't use earbuds. No, oh, no, earbuds are horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's well, now, there's two types. Unless you, you mean, have custom molded earbuds, of course. Then right now, I like quality. the what is is there a difference in what they call the earbuds that have the foam type thing that give you a good seal when they go in, and the ones that just like sit in your ear like you used to get, and maybe you still do with the iPhones and that that. They did not have the part that mm-hmm. went into your ear with the rubber. They just kind of like sat in right. your ear. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. everybody calls both of those earbuds, but they're very different so. things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's oh, a good question. I don't know. That's a good point. NetNet says in order to hear Gene correctly, you need to be wearing one of his ponchos. <laughs> it's the only way to listen to unrelenting. Are you wearing yeah, your poncho? Under a folks? poncho. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Put your put your reference headphones on uh, under the yeah. Put your poncho on, then put your headphones on. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to go. But I figured yeah. unrelenting would win. To be fair, it was only twenty seven people, and it varied greatly. I think the two were tied at one point, mm-hmm. and I don't know if anybody actually listened to the audio quality on any of them. And I think some of the people well, it that, is a somewhat biased poll because yeah, well, people would have to be subscribed to you to see it well this is true or somebody would have had to boost it only 27 people that responded so i mean when you think about that that's only like mm-hmm. 13 people who said they wouldn't listen to you if that they were paid <laughs> in my next yeah. my next poll was going to be well here's ten dollars will you listen to gene's podcast oh. <laughs> and see if they're liars because if they say yeah oh, i'll take totally- it <laughs> most people would <laughs> they're like oh no, i'll, I'll <clears throat> yeah. take that no that's true yeah, and I, I have way more than 13 people a day 
uh bring ice tea to, to your house on, on no agenda social so no, i thought there was more than 13 people a day that brought iced tea to your home that would no no, no that's tomorrow that's well that's and see it was nice that you oh, finally yeah. moved so that CSB to saturday got confused when i said that that's saturday he's like what you're not doing the podcast friday i'm like no i'm not getting my iced tea until saturday it's nice you gave the iced tea guy a friday off i know right now you went to trader made joe's work, make made him work on a weekend <laughs> instead yeah, that's even better <laughs> you got to be here on saturday come on uh-huh i was like ah people are bitching again here you, you got to come on saturday man i can't have you showing up in the middle of friday the uh, trader joe's thing the wife went to use her gift card which she's been sitting mm-hmm. on because we don't go to trader joe's there's not one i don't either i go there four times a year because they're right next to my doctor's office so when i go in for a prescription refill thing that's why i stopped there interesting because this was she stopped at the one that was by the retina guy and mm. also right by the candy store that my mom prefers sees candy i'm like it really is it any better than the mm-hmm. uh, the other brands you know fannie mae or whatever and it mm-hmm. is pretty good I'll, I'll give them that they have some interesting flavors doesn't but, go to the mars outlet store no i do not believe so although we used to have in uh, the town over here tinley park a it was like the kind of the rejects or the you know <laughs> probably the day olds for fannie yeah. mae but it was if the candy came out and it didn't look exactly perfect this is where it wound mm-hmm. up which was probably like 20 percent of all the candy that goes down their lines mm-hmm. and the stuff was being sold for like a third of what you would buy Yep. The normal ones for and it's like it tastes exactly the same people. Why would you ever buy non fucked up candy ever again? I don't well, know. Well, you see, you buy the one candy for other people and then you buy the other one for yourself. True. True. That's the main difference. You want it to look good if giving it as a gift, not a mangled uh-huh. mess. Yeah. You don't want You're those cherry cordials snarf to look- that stuff down. <laughs> you don't care what it looks like. No. But you went into Trader Joe's and I'm like, so did you get the uh did you get the thanksgiving stuffing flavored popcorn and she's like no that sounds disgusting mm-hmm. i'm like no but i saw people writing about it i'm like that sounds delightful i like stuffing she doesn't so she yeah. got so aggravated that we stopped at the other trader joe's on the way home and she ended up liking the stuffing popcorn i'm like see really that's that's amazing the oddity i mean not really the oddity but it's like if you were to ask what it tastes like i don't know if i would have been able to verbalize it quite well but i read somebody on reddit who said it tastes like funyun flavored popcorn and i'm like yes okay that makes sense i'm like i'd never realized funyuns have those same kind of flavors as your onions that you're right because you got the onion but it's also a little bit of right celery Mm -hmm. kind of dill kind of yep yep. rosemary whatever's in there i'm like so that makes sense so it tastes like a funyun flavored popcorn but you went and got like three bags of groceries for like eight thousand yeah. dollars yeah 233 or 237 something like that yeah this is not for the three poor people store, bags yeah and you're like no booze nothing. no booze no uh, i had one steak in there tail? no lobster nothing that was just yeah the single most expensive thing was a, a 25 dollars steak that was everything else was under like 12 bucks was it a filet mignon it wasn't filet, yeah. I figured with it, you. you had which to be is like the cheapest filet you can. This is what I understand. People are like, oh, fancy. I'm like, that's not a fancy store. Trader Joe's is like an off-brand discounter. 
They, they have nothing that's a brand name in there. Everything is Trader Joe's brand. A lot of people don't know it branched off of Aldi back in the day. Yeah. And Aldi is the cheapest uh-huh. store. It's like cheaper than going to the 7-Eleven. It's evening out, though. The wife says Aldi is pricing itself. Right they still to charge the normal, for carts? Well, you have to put the quarter in oh or the slug God. if you have a slug. I mean, come on. But. <laughs> The pricing on this stuff, where it used to be they were quite a bit cheaper on yeah. the things that they had. Oh, it's all sh- shipped from Germany. Germany's starving now. Got, well, who cares about the Germans? We had to eat here. Mm-hmm. But that used to be the place if you wanted a bag of salad, the local Meyer would be like two thirty nine, and all these like 79 cents, boss. And for that, you know, yeah. you're, you're getting a decent savings. They have equalized quite a bit. Hmm. But I saw something that I didn't know if this was the case or if you had ever tried this or anybody listening to the unrelenting show has ever tried. The Trader Joe's stores have something where if you ask, they will let you sample almost anything in the store. I've never heard of that. I had never. Well, I don't shop there either, but I you mean, obviously you go there at least four times a year. Yep. It's something you got to try the next time. And this was hmm. on Reddit or someplace like that. But the person that wrote about it said they were looking at like one of the expensive chocolate bars because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. should I splurge? Should I get it? And they're like, an employee came up and like, you know, you should ask to uh, sample that if you're not sure if, if you want hmm. it. And they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, you can pretty much sample anything. And they're like, you know, and here's the beautiful thing for the employee whatever you know you take your little bit off and try it mm-hmm. it goes into the break room so the employees mm-hmm. love this like so you're not going to piss off the employees going hey can i can i try that expensive chocolate yeah, bar? i'll have to remember to do that next time yeah i just want to see one what the reaction would be mm-hmm. and two what the limits are as you just take an employee down these aisles of uh yeah i'd like to try that yeah i'd like to try that yeah that <laughs> i would like to try that i have a shopping cart i'd like to try these <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like to try a little bit of all these things here. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. And I, I will say that one thing that at least they used to have a reputation for, because even JCD talked about it, is Trader Joe's used to have a very good pricing on wine. Like you could often get a uh, a mid mid tier wine for low tier wine pricing or high tier wine for mid tier pricing. Um, which you could, you know, the only other store that, that would be similarly priced would be Costco. In Costco, at least around here, you don't even want to yeah. go because you go and I get it around the holidays and that. And you're like, wow, it's way too crowded. I don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Well, the wife and I hate the crowd. So it's like you would start like, OK, let's do this. Uh, you know, let's go on a random Tuesday at 1030 in the morning because it'll be empty. Mm-hmm. nope still the same it's like mm. it never stops around here now i don't know why mm. because the pricing isn't it's that, not that good. much better it really isn't it's just they force you to buy bigger quantities right you know and if you yeah. have a big family i get it you're probably doing well yeah yeah i i have a hard time not throwing away some food that i buy just at a regular grocery store but i stopped my costco membership like a eight years ago or something because i found myself like you couldn't spend less than 200 bucks for groceries but 
I'd end up throwing away about a third of them every single time. Can't eat that much shit with one person. Right. Or you try to put it in the freezer and then it's, it never works. No, it's just like your eyes go, Oh, I want, I want that chicken. Well, that chicken will feed five people, you know? And then you, you get a bunch of other stuff. The only stuff that obviously lasts a long time. You don't worry about is like snacky stuff like pistachio nuts. Right. Because then instead of eating the whole bag, like you do that's sold at normal grocery stores, you buy a bag that's four times bigger and hopefully it takes you four times longer to eat it. No, you want to splurge. No, well, trust me from personal experience. Do not eat too many pistachios. They, they have a, it's a binding uh, capability. No other way around. Oh, an opening yeah. up of capability. You want to clear things through <laughs> by all means, eat a lot of pistachios. No, net net. Is that right? Net net says that, uh, Aldi bought Trader Joe's in 1979. I thought that was when Aldi hmm. split. It always been the story that I had heard that Aldi, the okay. brothers decided that they were going to split. And one of them went to the Trader Joe's route and the other one went to Aldi. I don't mm-hmm. think they're not combined. I know now. So you say they bought, but I don't think they may have bought Trader Joe's when one of the maybe it, Trader Joe's may have existed when the Aldi brothers, whoever, whatever they are, the names of them folks are when they broke up. But that could that would make sense. Maybe that the guy that was the one Aldi brother that's like, I'm not going to be Aldi anymore. Bought a company called Trader Joe's. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but yeah they're the thing with trader joe's people have not been there is like aldi it has all brands you've never heard of right like trader jose's Mm -hmm. yeah exactly like trader jose's and i can't believe they got crap for that when the uh, when the wokeness really kicked in although the wokeness is having a a moment of backlash finally but that well, like, according remember according i've said this before uh according to a book written by uh some friends of mine uh this is the year for the very extreme of the wokeness and things should be swinging back starting with next year well it's starting to swing back called now pendulum. because you're seeing this with some of the folks that are supporting mm-hmm. hamas and the far left people yeah. who are getting canceled which is something oh, yeah. that didn't exist before the left invented it uh-huh like, oh, that's kind of ironic, huh? Well, there's, I mean, everybody, including the U.S. current administration is getting into trouble with this stuff because they just, I don't know if you saw, uh, they just put out a, uh, a new executive order for non-discrimination against uh, Arabs or something or non-discrimination against Muslims. Right. But whatever right. it is, A, bad timing, B, you can't do that. You can't isolate one religion and say, yeah, we're going to have a non-discrimination against this group. This was always a problem with the ADL. It's like, you, you can't do that for Judaism either. You, you, you really have no business as the government, especially as the government, but even as a private group like that, for focusing on something because it makes you look like you're an elitist asshole. Well, they are. Well, they are, but it, it clearly what happened is when the whole Israeli situation started off, there was big, big set of lobbyist reminders saying, so, you know, all that money we gave you. Yeah, this is why 
we we expect the U.S. to step in and make things good, at which they definitely Biden started going down that path and went further than most Democrats even expected him to. And then uh, I think that the pollsters started seeing the backlash and the numbers associated with the the, uh, under 30 demographic. And they're like, oh, my God, like 80 percent of them support Hamas on this. Well, they probably say they support Palestine, but there's no real difference. So, uh, uh, yeah, remember, Hamas is the legitimate government of Gaza slash Palestine. Right. They voted them in. That's what they, they wanted. These are this is like saying, well, yes, but, you know, the, the Republican Party doesn't speak for America. Right. Well, it speaks for enough America that they have a majority. <laughs> right. You're speaking for a majority of the people. No. Question. Uh, yeah. So this whole distinction between Hamas and, and Palestinians is a artificial one. Well, and the optics, um, certainly of- not all Palestinians have killed somebody. Neither has every member of of uh, the elected government there, Hamas, killed somebody either. Like there are exceptions. Well, yeah, and imagine for these lawmakers like Taib, who are out in full support of Hamas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine somebody came out and said, "Oh, you know, the Proud Boys are pretty good." Yeah, yeah. yeah. What would happen there? Well, I mean, again, it's all what about ism when it comes to that. But you have to go. Well, let's is this balanced correctly? Do we, you know, if you have freedom of speech, then you can't be. And this is the this is the stupidity of the left is they've never expected or wanted freedom of speech. They just want to quell everybody else. Right. They want to squash what you're saying. Yeah. There's their speech. Well, squash whatever. This is Uh, true. because they're they they don't pretend to be in support of freedom of speech. They're in support of of their outcome, of their uh, equity, not even equality. And the Biden administration coming out with the whole, oh, we have we have to really break down and uh, get rid of all this Arab hate. It's like so this mm-hmm. this comes right after a bunch Is of it Arab or Muslim. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Arab. Okay. But right, you know, again, the optics of the Jewish people are under fire literally at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to come out with this. It's like it makes zero sense. But as you said, separating anybody. Yeah. Including the LGBTQ. It's like this does not make you safer. But and again, this is not about like Arabs in the Middle East. This is this is the only thing that they can do as the U.S. government is make laws relating to u.s people that they won't enforce anyway and so they're essentially saying yeah they're essentially saying hey uh the uh the arab population of the u.s we're going to single them out for a higher level of protection than the jewish population of the united states which actually is getting death threats right now okay doesn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. shows well, a bias tell you and what, it shows a misunderstanding it's, they're sure as hell making sure that they're going to have to work way harder at cheating in order to win the next election because the donations coming in from all the steens out there are going to be way down, which is an odd thing. It's always been the way it is that the Jewish population in the United States, very much Democrat backers overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, there Absolutely. are, and my parents have had a bunch of Jewish friends that, you know, are in that older yeah. age range, you know, up yeah. in their seventies, eighties. 
And when asked, well, why is this? It's like, well, the Jews see it that they're Democrats first and Jews second. And that to me is Mm -hmm. very weird. It's like, why would your political party take precedence over something as important I as I think it's actually belief. more complicated than that because sure. this is something I've been bitching about Israel forever is they're socialist. It's like whatever is called a conservative in Israel, like, oh, Netanyahu is such a conservative. He would be a Democrat in the United States. They're, they're shifted over. Like their liberals are full-blown socialists. They live on communes. There, there's a, a pr- propensity and has been since day one of the creation of the state of Israel for a very socialist friendly government. This is a, uh, and Israel has been friendly to a certain extent with the USSR because of that as well is because they share a lot of their ideals or they did back in the day, uh, about what is the proper form of government. So if you think of it, their government is historically like ever since 1947 has leaned towards being uh a religious socialism they kind of like, seem there's to be a, the we just want to get along with everybody thing well it's it is it's a, it, and i mean i guess it's not complicated to figure out why because you essentially have a population in the country that is made up of and this is going back to the origins of the country maybe not today but back then where everybody that became an Israeli for the last thousand years, their family lived somewhere else. And so they had to be a minority that had to get along with the majority, you know, whether they were Polish Jews or, or German Jews or Italian Jews, it doesn't matter where, or Middle Eastern Jews. There's plenty of those. They were always the smallest segment of the population or one of the smallest segments. And so they, they had to live under the laws of other countries and not make too much trouble because, you know, in like in Russia, you had the pogroms happening because they, uh, uh, people started thinking that they're getting too uppity, you know, how come it's all the Jews that own all the, the fancy stores and everything. Yeah. They're too successful. Well, well, you know, everybody wants a Jewish doctor, but then you're pissed off that the Jewish doctor is rich. Yeah. With success comes jealousy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, again, it's inequity is what happens. So Jews in a lot of ways were kind of conditioned over the millennia to, uh, or at least over the centuries to be very, uh, not, anti-capitalist necessarily but be very open to the ideas of sharing everything because it's it's a survival method to not get pointed at and isolated and you know essentially putting yourself up as a big target if you uh if you start having people see you as somehow not sharing what you're getting right and this is where Uh, all the propaganda comes in now are mm -hmm. the people that are backing Hamas, including a lot of college professors here, including representatives here, their viewpoint is Israel is the oppressor and anything that's done Mm -hmm. is okay. And of course, these are the same people that think the United States government is an oppressor. So this is where you have to start looking at this like, well, so what does that mean that I should be able to come in because you, you think something different than me? 
well, then the United States government should be able to come in and kill you because then, you know, that's how you deal with these things. Well, and all these people completely seem to forget or never learned how Gaza came under Israeli control. It was because Israel was attacked. Yes. <laughs> Multiple times by several Arab countries all at the same time. And Gaza was part of Egypt. And uh, during, during the failed Egyptian attacks, the is israeli armies pushed them out all the way into the the sinai peninsula a lot further than gaza and eventually during the peace negotiations uh they traded back that part of egypt that was conquered um all the way up to gaza but not beyond so they never gave gaza back to egypt effectively uh Gaza was not some, you know, separate country. This is this is part of Egypt. And the Egyptians currently don't want Gaza because that was one of the first proposals that the Israelis right. had. Is like, no, hey, we can't have them as this Hamas run state right on our border shelling us all the time. Somebody needs to come in there and kick some teeth in. It's going to be us, but we look bad at it. And this, again, typical Jewish behavior is like, well, we we even just give them to you. We'll give the land to you. You guys take care of it. And Egypt's like, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> we want none of that with a 10-foot pole. So it's... But because you know the problem is never going away. No, exactly. They know that. They don't want to be having to control and expend their resources and their police powers to control a population that's still going to be shelling Israel no matter what. Uh, and, and I think for the part of Israel there, um, I think this is why they originally allowed Gaza some level of self-control, which ended up creating Hamas. And that's why people say, oh, well, the Israelis created Hamas. They didn't create Hamas. Hamas is a political party with the unified goal of the destruction of Israel. That is literally their, their first tenant as a an entity is uh the complete destruction of israel right and they're not backing down from that that's the well, interesting no. thing when you come out no. with these people that are calling for a ceasefire and you know, i'll yeah. say i understand that there have been atrocities on both sides i'm not saying that israel is completely innocent in the world of things that have happened over the past hundred years mm -hmm. but when you have one side attacking the other and then saying we want to cease fire, but also saying we're going to continue to kill every last Jew that we can. Right. Well, this is again, and we prefer to do that during a ceasefire. Right. This is the way to go. <laughs> this yeah. is the way to go. No, it's like this is why. I mean, again, break yeah. it down to a much smaller scale. You look at mob warfare in the United States. You know, if one mob's like them, our whole job is to kill the other mob. Well, right. then the other mob has to eradicate them in order for there to be peace. One side must be eradicated. Mm -hmm. So the only way you're going to get to peace, if you have two sides that are like, no matter what, our whole life's work is to kill this other type of person. And this is why this whole yeah. concept of a one world government and everybody can live side by side, kumbaya, let's let people move wherever they want to within the EU, let's let everybody just waltz right into the United States. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work because quite simply, 
Some just want to kill the others. Well, yeah, some want to kill the others, but I, I think in this particular case, we've got a number of factors here. Like some of these talking points and buzzwords are just cringy to me to hear because they're, um, well, first of all, it, like they're totally, uh, what, what, what's the term? Uh, fish whistles or whatever they're dog whistles, dog whistles, whatever. What is a fish whistle? Whistles. I don't know. Whatever. I've heard the term before fish whistle, but anyway, the, this term for Gaza is it's the world's largest open air prism. Okay. Uh, so nobody in Israel is trying to keep Gaza in. They're trying to keep them out. It's, it's a hell of a prison where you have water on one side, you have a big fenced wall between them and Israel, and then you have another wall that Egypt controls. So no, you like Israel is just trying to keep them out of Israel. This is not a prison. This is not what a definition of a prison is. Yeah, you're not in Gitmo. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're it's it'd be the opposite, in fact, because they they would prefer them to be further away, not like hold on to them. Oh, we're gonna hold on to Gaza and keep them all in there. That's number one. Number two is this genocide that Israel's been perpetrating for the last 30 years. The population of Gaza went from 2.2 to 7.8 million in the time that Israel got them from Egypt. So the population's damn near tripled. How is that a genocide? It doesn't seem most like other it genocides, be. like the Jewish genocide, yeah, people there's died 6 million off. people that were killed by Germans that happened to be of Jewish ancestry. In other genocides, like the uh, Stalin one uh, of Russians, there were 20 million Russians that were killed and the population went down. There was uh, an Armenian genocide. Well, I can't remember the exact number of Armenians that were killed by the Turks, but it was a very significant percentage of the total population and the population went down. In the genocide of Gaza, somehow the population triples. Doesn't seem to be the uh, proper definition then. I mean, even if you look at the Iran-Iraq war, like nobody other than Muslims involved, the both of the populations of Iran and Iraq went down as a result of that war. You could say they perpetrated genocides on each other. And then the and, next and question would be, when's the uh, last time that Israel attacked Gaza without being provoked? Well, never, because Gaza has been provoking Israel ever since they were initially conquered from egypt like that they never stopped fighting it's just the fighting switched to shooting off uh, fireworks and and handmade rockets over the wall and hoping you could kill somebody and that and and of course the suicide vest bombers it's kind of like the little brother who just keeps on whapping the big brother in the head until the big brothers had enough and right is about the big brothers about to punch the little brother mom yep there is a certain element of that, and I think a lot of people characterize Israel as the little brother of uh, the U.S. as well. But oh, Well, it, we talked about that <laughs> at length. The reason why the United States has to maintain that friendship is because the United States is kind yeah. of against Israel, well, using nukes. Yeah, and, and that was Israel, the original idea. And I don't, I don't know how much support there currently. I'll tell you, there's a lot more support for it probably today than there was a year ago. 
of Israel using nukes, but that is kind of the deal is if the United States changes its policy and basically says, we will not come to the aid of Israel, which is be my preference. I've said this for a long time. The U.S. has no business being involved in police actions halfway around the world, including in Israel. Uh, but the threat there is that Israel says, well, if we can't rely on the U.S. and we can only rely on ourselves and the tools that we have at hand, there's five countries around us that will be nuked tomorrow. Like they want that buffer, like everybody else, like Russia wants a buffer, right? United States wants a buffer. Everybody right. wants a buffer around them. You can't have people living on your border that are intent on your destruction. Well, and this is why the way the left, the Biden administration, the Democrats, whatever you want to call them, this open border concept, this is the evaporation. Well, they're starting to realize it's totally backfiring. Right. Well, and that's the evaporation of having a buffer. This is you're allowing an invasion. I mean, people may not be shooting right now, but you're mm -hmm. allowing a massive amount of people to be staged and brought into your country. Yeah. And you don't know why a lot of them just want to have a better life. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, though. It sounded like, uh, according to what the reporting was on No Agenda, they're trying to get rid of a lot of those pesky Venezuelans because they're not going to vote the way they want them to. Right. So yeah, oh, they no, have no. experience. Yeah, we can't have them. Can't have them in. Yeah. They're not the right amount of brown people. No. But the Chinese and the Arabs and the Russians and people that are coming across the border. No, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Nothing to see here. There's no sleeper. So well, it's, it's, it's not Chinese or Arabs or Russians. I can tell you that because I do watch those videos on a regular basis of the border floodings this is all you're uh, watching is like a webcam of people yeah coming it's kind of like the nature cams right you know out in the middle of the serengeti as you uh yeah yeah i watch a lot of polar bear ones those are fun to watch i watch the uh jellystone park ones um you know those are fun they've got the salmon cams for when the salmon come up to breed but I mean, I miss and they the also have one and they've got the ones on the border as well and i could tell you that uh the the average color of the person crossing the border without knowing what country they're from uh, is very, very, very dark. It is very African. It is not a, um, you know, it's not the typical sort of olive complexion that a Mexican would have. And you're wondering why this or, is. Or somebody from the Middle East. I mean, I'm sure there are some. But the vast majority of people coming over look like they came on a boat directly from Congo. It is interesting. And uh, I missed the early days of the internet. What was it? Africam. There was somebody that like set up a, <laughs> uh -huh. in a couple of watering holes. I think that's what it was called. Not mm -hmm. being racist mm -hmm. or anything here. It was like the first live webcam streaming that I remember anybody yep having set up and it was like wow this technology we could watch any part of the world at any time i had uh back in the 90s i ran a live stream 24 7 of my aquarium tanks Ooh, what happened so to all those fish? fish cam yeah so i could i could well both i could and this was would have been from like 90 uh i want to say like 96 probably 96 to about 99 um because that's the period that I, the technology existed and I had the tanks. And uh, so I could watch my fish from my house. And, but also other people can just have that 
as a relaxing view in the background. Of course, back then it was like, you know, 320 by 160 or whatever. Right. Yeah, the, the resolution was lacking. Yeah, it was, I like, I think my camera did 640, but the internet speeds really only allowed 320. And then all of that bandwidth that you were going to be using. Well, yeah, but I had a T1. Oh, well, see, you were special. Mm-hmm. It's the technology. Are we using it for better things now or for worse? I also had two, two continuous radio stations playing back in the day when you could play music without getting sued. That's the, well, now you can still do that, but it's, I mean, the reality. Not, not really. You no, know, you, well, not if you have a. You can get away with Large that, audience. You, you certainly can't legally do it. Well, not legally, but when is the last time? I mean, back then you could legally do it. There was nothing to prevent you from doing that legally. Well, because nobody knew what the hell was anything about yeah, anything. exactly. But yeah, when is the that, last time? The RIAA did stop the whole yeah. sharing, suing people yeah. thing. We haven't heard about that in probably a, what, a decade now? That stopped when Apple started selling individual tracks for 99 cents. And it's interesting, the the overall state of the music business i guess because when the latest taylor swift album dropped i noticed immediately each individual track was posted by her company Mm -hmm. on youtube Mm -hmm. so this concept that anybody has to buy music anymore well you can okay you can certainly stream stuff that's not an issue but if you want to add free and in your personal order then you still get a bite well with youtube by which you do as well having their subscription i think you can have whatever you want without commercials without ads but the interesting thing is how you value that Mm -hmm. music because back when the riaa was going after people your options were pretty much you have to buy a cd Mm -hmm. or some kind of physical media or You have to buy the tracks on Apple. There was none of these or very mm-hmm. few. Maybe the all you can eat streaming services where you just give Spotify 10 bucks and they let you listen to almost anything you want. Yeah. Now there is. Didn't exist back then. Right. So back then it was different. Now, if you're like, well, yeah, I was sharing the latest Taylor Swift album and yeah, they want to come just, and you go, well, you yeah, but, share them, but the they put it, it. but they, right. Yeah. You could have all right. What's the difference in I sent somebody the audio files from my computer when they're up for free on Mm -hmm. a service like youtube yeah this is this is why and i don't well actually i'm sure you've seen me doing this at some point but probably about once every two weeks when i can't fall asleep i'll start doing a dj stream oh you want to be uh, darren o on the rock and roll pre-show i got it not at all i have good music and so (laughs) i go through uh and and my DJing is essentially just posting YouTube links about one every two minutes on no agenda social that way people so, can just follow along at home and they do. And I get a lot of comments from people that also have insomnia or live in crazy parts of the world like Australia. And they're awake when I'm supposed to when be, you should be sleeping, right? Is sleeping. Yeah, exactly. Thank and you, so, Dale. <laughs> yeah. And so I, uh, I, I post these links and they're always, somewhat esoteric you know there's a lot of euro trash music and and you know some ethnic mongolian stuff a lot of stuff trans- that people wouldn't be exposed to yes trans-siberian exactly 
And a lot of things normally, certainly Americans or Western people would not be exposed to. And I, some people think it's great. Some people think it's horrible. You know, too much accordion. But oh, um, weird Al, man. Give me an accordion and I am happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm seriously tempted buying one right now because, you know, I, I used to play one. I would totally watch a live stream on YouTube of, of you playing. playing the accordion. Yeah. You'd have to They're do not the full, cheap, dude. They're a I, couple well, no thousand kidding. bucks. Well, no kidding. No kidding, man. Just like an actual instrument, like doesn't require power. Right. Right. Well, you got it. Human powered. It's human powered. Yeah. Just like my uh, Gibson SJ 200, man. Those things. Mm -hmm. I I bought it at just the right time back in Mm -hmm. 98 to maybe. Uh, I think I paid twenty seven hundred. I think now new they're going for like five grand. Yep. Yeah, and it's going like up. if you look at real musical instruments, not you know pretend ones. Uh, the, probably the the musical instrument that's gotten the cheapest historically over the years is the synthesizer. Well, of course, it's it's a plastic keyboard with a little bit of electronics in it. Used to be, I and I bought them back in the day in the eighties for thousands of dollars. Um, you know, I probably. Yeah, it would have been late 80s. Um, I went through a number of those that were over two grand. And um, now all you need is a Raspberry Pi. It's 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 like you could pick up one with touch sensitive keys for like three ninety nine. Electric guitars are very cheap. The, I mean, the acoustic yeah. guitars, when they're made right, those are still. Amazon has an acoustic guitar. I just watched the video of uh, somebody doing a review of it. It's a, a carbon fiber guitar for three ninety nine. Those are interesting because mm-hmm. the first one came out about, I think, 10 years ago or so, where it was like, this is the thing you want to bring if you're going out camping or whatever, because mm-hmm. they're indestructible. Yeah, apparently. Well, they're waterproof. Right. Which helps because yeah. I, mean, I, I cringe and I know people like Taylor Swift have a lot of money. But when I see artists doing concerts and the, the mm-hmm. rain just starts coming down and they're playing yeah. like a $5,000 guitar, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, but that's they they literally are disposable, and it, except for guys like obviously, uh, um, oh goddamn, I'm blanking out his name now. Pete Townsend, uh, no, the local guy here in Austin. Uh, am I thinking of Jack Ingram, Willie Nelson? Willie Nelson, yeah, like Trigger. Willie Nelson has a guy, yeah, who restores his guitar every two years. The Trigger guy, He's yeah, playing the same guitar forever. Yeah, Trigger, exactly. And he played. Uh, did you, did you watch that documentary on uh, about his the the guy who restores it? I don't think so. I mean, I've seen yeah, a documentary on the guitar itself, mm-hmm. but Willie just released a bluegrass album, mm-hmm. and the type of guitar that he plays not made for bluegrass because it's not a steel right. string yep. guitar. Yep. And just to show you Willie's connection with that guitar when. He recorded the bluegrass album, even while he was playing his guitar parts with other guitars. Mm-hmm. Trigger was always on the stand next to him. <laughs> so it's like even though you knew you weren't going to use it, he you know Willie uh-huh. don't feel comfortable if Trigger ain't there. That's right. He's not going to cheat. And that guitar, whenever uh, if that ever hits the market after Willie's passing, oh, it'll be a museum. There's no way that thing's going to get just somebody's personal guitar it has to be i mean it could keep it in the family but that would be a guitar it's very hard to put pricing some of you know clapton's and hendrix guitars Mm -hmm. have gone for 
crazy amounts of money. I mean, Trigger, yeah. that is just such a legendary guitar. Yeah. That yeah. it's hard even to guess. I mean, it's well over a million. Oh, it's it's a maybe not from the sound quality, but right. it is Stradivarius level pricing. Oh, yeah. And because of the legend of that guitar, knowing the history it played in country music, mm-hmm. knowing just what was uh, what was involved in keeping it in one piece. Yeah. I mean, when you play a guitar so hard, you put a hole in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh huh. It's like that doesn't yeah. sound right. Yeah. But it is hard to uh, it is hard to keep that thing going. And it, it has yeah. that unique sound. And just as Will, I mean, Willie is such an amazing, unique artist that mm-hmm. he is part Frank Sinatra and part, uh, you know, Hank Williams. The mm-hmm. way he does the phrasing, he's always been able to take songs and he's a hell of a songwriter in his own right. Mm-hmm. But he's always been able to interpret songs and put a different spin on them. And it's you always know when it's Willie, but that even his harmonica player, Mickey Raphael. And this is something I mean, I can guitar. You can usually tell when it's somebody like Mark Knopfler. There are players that when you hear the music, Eddie Van Halen, you kind of know who it is. And there's people that try to, of course, emulate. Mm-hmm. these styles but you can usually tell if it's the real thing but guitars are so different than harmonica you would never think that you could tell who was playing a harmonica but there was a song a country song i heard like a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and i'm like that sounds like willie's guy playing harmonica so i looked it up and i'm like it was it's like just mm-hmm. if you have your own style that much in any instrument you deserve some credit yeah Yep. So I don't know. I, I'm not sure that this is the best time to be uh, spending money on things like musical instruments, but well, I'm you tempted. don't need to because they're all virtual now, just like spaceships. Well, yes, but if I want to get an accordion, it's an actual instrument. But see, that would I would watch that. I think you would make money on YouTube. You think? I mean, how are your how are your skills? What can you? Uh, I haven't played an accordion for damn near 20 years is it like masturbating or riding a bike it just comes right back to you <laughs> maybe i don't know i don't think so but you know i mean i i i remember theoretically what my fingers need to do but uh in terms of practical applications like it's like not typing on a keyboard for 20 years like the concept's still there you know what you're but you're probably not a touch typist anymore the uh thing that i'm picturing is you in the dark ray-ban sunglasses yeah hell maybe, yeah maybe a zz top kind of cowboy hat thing going maybe on maybe a zz top kind of beard well you've got the beard that goes mm-hmm. without saying now the beard would be f- now would you would you drape it over in front no, of no 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 you couldn't do that <laughs> it's like, drape it over just i mean you want to get that right out there and drape front. the beard over the guitar <laughs> right yeah of course then you, that way you get the better uh, sound that's how you I get that. use the beard to hold to hold the guitar up. I guess. Right. That's, exactly. Uh, well, yeah. Use it as a guitar strap. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I don't know. I just have a lot more lately interest in going down that route than picking up a guitar, which is the other thing I was thinking of doing. But uh, guitars are cheaper. I've got to pull mine out are. of a case. It's been a long time since I've pulled one out. And now that yeah. the. Uh, now that the value for value music thing is out there, people are always like, when are you going to do more tracks? 
Mm-hmm. So I've shared stuff that I've done like 10, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But like everything, it's weird because I go through phases of whatever it is. Like I go all in and then it, it you just kind of like shut it off and move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's literally what I do. Yep. And it's a weird thing because people are like, well, well, how can you just stop doing that? It's like, well, I just mm-hmm. don't want to do that right now. Yeah. I did, I did photography for like 30 years and I had a very substantial uh, investment in photo gear. And back uh, about five years ago, I just kind of, you know, I, I'm just kind of done with this. Well, so digital has changed off. a lot of that for photographers. I mean, as far as being able to make money. Yeah. In it's, photography. It, it has gotten a lot worse. Yeah. Cause there were like, I think my best year I made 130,000 off photography. Because it was something that was needed. Now, the cameras that people carry around with them, and oh, the dude, the latest camera on the the new iPhone that just came out, uh-huh. they've got the it's a bent optic lens, which means that instead of the the camera being limited to the thickness of the phone, there's a ninety degree mirror there, so the camera is actually up and down lengthwise in the phone, not the whole length, right? Phone, but it's using more than than it could be if it was just the thickness right now the the it's a 5x optical zoom which i know android people are like we had that 10 years ago but uh it's amazing quality it's it's a 48 megapixel with 5x optical zoom in a freaking phone well the the number one tech reviewer on youtube marquez brownlee yeah the guy is great I've been watching him for so many years. I can't even remember a time that it's I like. I don't understand how he got to be number one. Honestly, I have nothing against the guy, but he was there he, early. I think it's yeah. Somehow he just is got a, a, a friendly enough personality. He just started getting invited to shit. Well, he started doing it when he was like twelve. So it's literally oh, every. So there's a novelty factor that that existed. There okay. was originally, yeah. and yeah. he is just really as you said very friendly yeah able to understand the technology has Mm -hmm. even though he uses all apple gear and stuff in his studio he doesn't Mm -hmm. come off as a fanboy because if a product comes out from apple that he thinks is garbage he tells you it's garbage he does he always for any same thing with tesla and like he'll he gets access to shit nobody else gets access to and then trashes it and then trashes it but not but it's not like trashing it like a shtick He'll, he'll genuinely want it to be successful, but then point out, well, it still has some problems. Yes. And here's what they could do to maybe make it mm-hmm. a little bit better. Yeah. But the guy basically lives like in an Apple ad. Well, he has all <laughs> Apple gear. Now, this was he went to the Apple thing mm-hmm. for the uh, for the iPhone, whatever it was. Yeah. And he said they showed this video you know, their promo video leading up to coming out on the stage mm-hmm. and doing everything. And once at the end of the video, it came up, you know, shot 100% on Apple products. And he was like, I right. was not ready for that. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. I mean, we're all used to the Apple being good, but yeah, compared to, cause he was one of the first ones doing a YouTube channel mm-hmm. that I remember going into, I think it's the red brand of cameras. Mm yes like twenty thousand very expensive professional gear yeah Uh uh-huh and now it's like well these are getting way better for what's in a phone Mm -hmm. yeah amazing yeah well and again you have that 
ability to digitally yeah. enhance things if you need to. I don't know how much trickery is going on in well, something a lot like of the it iPhone. Can be done in phone now, which used to be you'd run you know other software to be able to do it. Correct. But the red, it just if people don't really know much about that brand, the red was actually created as a discount brand. It was it was an empowerment of independent videographers to be able to shoot commercial quality materials without spending commercial kind of money. So at a time when nobody really owned cameras because a commercial digital video camera, even or even analog, like pre-digital, you're talking about 35 millimeter film camera that movies are shot on. These are between 120,000 and a half million dollars. And so Red's mission was, we're going to create a $20,000 camera for you guys that looks just as good. And they did a so pretty good it job. It sounds crazy expensive. Yes. But in reality, it was, it was a commercial quality discount brand. And uh, I remember uh, I, I watched that whole process because it took them years to come out with their first camera. And nobody was really believing them. I mean, there, you had the true believers, but. Most people in the industry is like, yeah, whatever. Like they think they're going to create a brand new company and they're competing with companies that have been around for, you know, 50, 60 years. Well, I didn't realize DigiGuru in the troll room saying it was the Oakley sunglasses guy that headed that company. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So he made his money then, I guess, on the sunglasses, then spent it on the cameras. Probably a passion project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you can now take something out of a phone and be like this is professional because marquez when he was doing that and it's like you're making youtube videos that most people are still watching at 720p back on the phone size screen right (laughs) it's like it's crazy and you know it's crazy but he's always gone which i think is another one of the reasons why he was elevated is because everything that he puts out looks so crisp yeah so good it doesn't look like somebody's half-assing it. Even if the content is mm-hmm. great, but it looks like it was recorded poorly, you'll take a hit. But mm-hmm. the digital, I don't know if we've ever discussed these programs now that will take video and do the upscaling and do the really just crazy kind of, they say, you know, it's using AI. How much is actually AI? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the Topaz, which I know we've talked about what the Topaz uh, mm-hmm. photo program does, the Topaz yeah. video. And it's hard for me to process any of this because I would need a computer. Even you probably need like a $10,000 rig to do this quickly. But on small little snippets, I've tested out going from like 480p DVDs, mm-hmm. scaling it up to HD is fairly easy. You could even go mm-hmm. into 4K. And it does the deinterlacing and it looks for the human form and makes it so things look so crisp and clear. It's like it's almost hard to believe you you could take that original footage and get that kind of quality out of it. So, you know, you have to wonder what's really being done in the phone. Is is it the original sensor in there that's that good? Is it using some kind of technology to clean it up? But exactly. you can now take fairly bad video and make it look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's totally true. I, I've never played around with any of that software, and I might to a past use stopped at photography. Um, but I've watched videos from a guy who's got a 
the topic of the video is, is basically AI as it relates to video processing. So all his videos are on that topic and he's like a PhD in Europe on this or something. Um, and I think the, the series called like two minute papers or three minute papers. I've posted a few of them, uh, but it, it basically this is all like research stuff coming from academic research around video uh, processing. And it is truly amazing what they're capable of doing right now in essentially recreating shapes rather than simply smoothing out the and blurring the the lines as you increase the resolution of something like they go oh this was meant to be a sphere so let's make it a sphere of infinite resolution you know oh this is clearly a person's head so it's got two eyes we're gonna you know make sure those look like eyes and yada 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 what in fact one of the features that a lot of uh people are using right now both streamers and people on i think frankly people on business meetings like in zoom are using is there's a number of software products that now in real time will shift the gaze of your eyes in your video to the camera so you could be looking down at your monitor reading a script and what the camera is recording or rather what's being saved to the drive is you looking directly into the camera the whole time which is really cool it's it is but it's very it's like okay so basically you're creating a deep fake from the get-go yes well there's uh in the deep fake video open source software roop unleashed which i've played around with a little Mm -hmm. and i've never tried it i have to do it often because i don't normally have a webcam set up but it will let you choose a face and then overlay that real time yeah on your webcam so this is even better you want somebody to sit in at a meeting for you with that you just have to look like you're there Mm -hmm. that's even better get your buddy they'll sit there and just nod their head well and there's a series of videos that i kind of got sucked into a black hole of watching last few days oh that's hard to believe gene you getting sucked into a youtube hole yeah crazy huh Uh uh-huh uh but they're of a um a guy who is a a very good young guitar player but you know young meaning like he's in his mid-20s but he's like virtuoso quality of him using a um a de-aging filter in real time and doing little pranks i guess would be the best way to tell him of like applying to music schools or or you know joining bands and his de-aging filter makes him look like he's 13 <laughs> and and he wears slightly oversized clothes so that when you combine the de-aging filter on the face and the fact that the clothes look a little loose it looks exactly what a teenager would wear that's funny and uh and so it's a whole series of these things and the i think the most interesting ones the ones i i like were when he is he uh, is applying to a music college as an instructor and then the zoom call starts and the other guy's <laughs> like so who are you he's like oh i'm like oh, is your dad around <laughs> it's like no it's I'm, I'm the one that that has the call with you and the guy's like uh is this a prank what do you mean you have a call he's like well i you know i'm 
I'd like to apply for that position. And I thought that, uh, you know, you, once you hear me, you, you would see just how good I am and stuff. And, and of course, everybody's, because uh, he did this multiple times to multiple people. Everybody's like, look, it, it, it's a range from, look, kid, <laughs> ha ha, but don't bother me. Call me back in five years if you're still playing to like a lot more aggressive than that. But at best, people are willing to entertain. It's like, okay, well, you play your one little song for the next three minutes and then this phone call is over. And then their mouths drop open. And then their mouths drop because you literally have somebody that's got like 15 years, if not 20 years of guitar experience and uh, at an extremely high level. And so uh, who can play both classical and uh, other forms of guitar on demand with, you know, memorized songs, tons and tons of songs memorized. And, um, everybody's mouth visually just like drops because they're like the, the wheels start turning. They're like, Holy shit. I I'm, I'm watching somebody who's a modern Mozart, somebody who's a kid that has the skill greater than most adults. So it's a fun little prank. I'm sure everybody's a little disappointed that they didn't just discover this kid when, uh, I'm sure at the end of the call, he's got to tell him. I can't imagine. Right. He that, see, see that part of the video should be a necessity. It's like, I want to see what happens. Right. It's the depression setting in. It's like, God damn it. Uh huh. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, meeting the hottest chick you've ever seen and she's all into you and and you're like, Oh man, this is awesome. And then it's like, yeah, this was for a YouTube video. It's just a prank, but right. Thanks. Well, this is why the deep fakes with people living on the machines so much mm-hmm. where, and the video calls are one thing, but I know I've mentioned this somewhere. I don't know. I mean, I do so many podcasts. It's hard to know. I know you do like two dozen. The concept that having the, the Google glass or the implants, just mm-hmm. imagine a world where you could just flick that switch and, you know, your wife isn't so hot. Well, just flick a switch. And now you see Adriana Lima when your wife walks Ooh, in. Yeah. This would revolutionize the world. Yeah. Everybody uh, would be living in their own little world. This is the but you, but you ultimate don't really overlay. Need, yeah. But at a point where you can visualize anybody you want, you don't really need the, the other person. Well, you know, you kind of do for certain things. Not at all, because at the point where that technology exists, <laughs> how you're going to have the AI uh, mm-hmm. robot? Absolutely, man. You know, first of all, if you can get implants that that let you see people as you want rather than as they are, well, why wouldn't you get the implants that make you feel things that don't actually exist? I suppose we're getting there too. If you, yeah, like hands-free orgasm, baby. Isn't that how it always is? If you it's have a, a partner, it's a brain implant, a brain implant. Yeah. Now, like if I was able to, if I was able to see the world as it should be, you would be yeah. at least six foot, Gene. I'm telling you that heightism thing. Really? Yeah. I that watched heightism, that video. You made me a watch thing. a video. Yeah. You're like, Talking you need to watch heightism. this right before <laughs> you're like, before the next show, you need to watch uh-huh. this video at this timestamp. Well, a few minutes, it's not a three hour video, but you only have to watch like five. Oh, minutes. dude, I wasn't supposed to watch the whole thing. Oh, you didn't watch it. Don't even pretend. I, I went longer than I would have expected. I mean, Did the, you? 
It's, yeah. I just left it on in the background, and they were just oh, some okay. British guys wanking each other. Like, there's uh, kind of. I mean, it wasn't that kind of video, guys. No, <laughs> I mean, not literally wanking yeah. each other. But that's, it was it was that. Gene only kissing. sends those when he can't sleep. Yeah, exactly. It was that kissing guy. Forget his first name, Konstantin Kissin, who is this like Ukrainian pretending to be a Russian uh, guy living in the UK who's become very popular on the, um, you know, I guess I would say our side politically, but he's still totally in on the whole Ukraine thing. But he, uh, he is in, in a conversation. He was was actually shot here in Austin. Uh, he was here to be on a few other folks podcasts. And Austin is really the hotbed of podcasting ever since Adam left it. Right, Adam uh, left and Rogan came yeah, in, and everybody's like, yeah. "Oh, now podcasting." Everybody video. moves here. I can't believe how many people on both YouTube and podcasting now have an Austin address. It's crazy. Well, I just send uh, everything to your house. So, I mean, I just use your address, and I know, I know. Except for the the Bitcoin. Well, yeah, that is virtual. That doesn't have to go to uh-huh. you. No. Besides right. that court order that said Gene was not able to handle his own finances. <sighs> That the mm-hmm. conservative sh- some conservatorship had to be set up. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. my oh, fault. It makes it easier to run for president. This is all. true. This is true. Gene uh, Tulia for president. And apparently, according to Chink Yuger, or Sank Yuger, if you want to mispronounce it. I usually um, do. DSB says I can't pronounce any words. I know. I know. But well, it's a Turkish name, so it's, it's not an easy name to pronounce. But he's the host of the, the uh, I was going to say the fine young cannibals, but no, he's the host <laughs> the Turks, of uh, the young Turks. Very close uh, to the fine young cannibals. I, I don't people show. don't know. Yeah. Which is a weird name for a show because the young Turks was also the name that, that the group that participated in the Armenian genocide identified itself as. Yeah, that would be a weird so, name to choose. Kind of a weird thing. To call, like your your name is the Nazi Party, the concentration campers. Right. You know, it's the, like what? That's a TV show. Little too on the nose, I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, but anyway, so he's a Turkish dude. So very, very lefty. Very lefty. He's a Bernie bro type, and he has announced uh, that he's running for office. And he was on Timcast, which was actually a really good show because they while they completely disagree for the most part there was like no yelling or shouting it was very um civil you know yeah pretty damn civil surprisingly and uh and he went through and explained how the 14th amendment actually allows by changing the the restrictions in the original uh constitution uh, people that were not born in the United States to still become president. Because we all assume, I certainly have, that this was one of the differences between um, becoming a citizen and being born in the United States is that if you wanted to be president, you had to be born in the United States. Not Barack and, Obama. Uh, yeah. Show us the And he's saying it doesn't matter. It's, right. it's, like that's not really a requirement it's a misunderstanding that people have and and the the 14th amendment's language actually changed the distinction between a native-born american and an american citizen effectively it equalized 
all people that are citizens of the United States to have the same types of rights. It it standardized the rights across the board. And his argument is one of which is the right to become president. And he is um, willing to go to court for it. Or I think ultimately, I think he knows his chance of becoming president is zero. But also, if he enters the history books as the court case, which clarified the position about the requirement for a uh, non-native-born citizen to become president, then that's even better. Well, this is what they're trying to use to get Donald Trump out of the... uh, That he wasn't born in the United States? Well, because of the whole sedition thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, the, which, dis- the disqualification clause is, quote, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress mm-hmm. or elector of president and vice president or hold yep. any office, civil or military, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United mm-hmm. States or the member of the state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer, blah, 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 shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion, given aid or comfort to the enemies. But it's like, what does that have to do with being born in uh with the 14th amendment how does that tie into the 14th i'm not sure how that ties into the 14th but unless I, there's I something think, else in the 14th besides but he'd the, have uh, to be actually proven to be engaged in insurrection for that to have any legs and that that has not happened and it, there's no cases open against him for that either so it, it's all a red herring it's a way i think they're doing exactly what i predicted they would do immediately right after the election after his loss uh is that they they will use every means necessary to prevent him from running and if the republicans are stupid enough to have him be the candidate then they're going to have another four years of a democrat so i i said that immediately after the election because i saw that having had a very successful run and a sitting president he was nonetheless removed from office and them doing it the first time means they're going to do it again. So either you change who you're running and you don't let them do it or be prepared for another loss because the, the Democrats are just like Hamas in this situation. They are not going to obey quote international law in order to not win an election. They'll do whatever it takes. Literally. The Democrats and you can let your imagination run wild. Like him, the Democrats are just like Hamas. I just had to I had to check that oh, at the time yeah, stamp yeah. for the And I, I I think I said that on and uh no gen social as well, and then somebody's like, Oh no, that that's bullshit. I'm like, no. In in the example I'm giving, this is exactly what they're Hamas is willing to do anything, whatever it takes, to get rid of Israel. And so are the Democrats. They're willing to do anything that it takes to get rid of Donald Trump. It doesn't matter if it's ethical. They're trying to do it to get rid of Republicans or anybody that disagrees with them. You see that by how they're going after anybody involved in January 6th. Unless you think the end result is just they're going after Donald Trump and there has to be collateral damage. I think they're trying to predominantly because of Trump, I think. Um, Could be wrong, but that's, that's my impression is that a lot of their actions are geared towards the other people are collateral damage. Like the guys who got sentenced to 20 years in prison for not being at the actual event, but somehow had planning to insurrect. 
uh, those guys are just the cannon fodder for uh, going after Trump. Because if they can demonstrate that Trump had played a role in what these guys who have been convicted are guilty, then it makes it easier to convict Trump. That would make sense. And uh, for the Young Turks, it's Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. Yeah. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state within wherein they Mm -hmm. reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, and or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Now, here's the interesting thing. It mm-hmm. just says no state shall make or enforce any law. It doesn't mm-hmm. say that the federal government can't make or enforce any law. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's something that that's best debated by people that have some level of, you know, education in constitutional law. I'm not one of those. I'm just a logical person. So I, I don't have, don't profess to have any special, uh, education in uh, constitutional law not like barack obama you know he was an expert apparently yeah well he was a but, constitutional um, law professor yeah exactly constitutional law professor who'd never had a real job in his life taught the alinsky method so i it's interesting and i i of course i got a bunch of shit immediately from my other co-host ben because uh he's like yeah it's such bullshit you can't run because he's afraid i'd actually run for president now <laughs> Why is he afraid of a world under Gene's rule? Oh, well, I think that's to be given, but I think he's, he's thinking like that's going to make it a lot harder to do the podcast. I would think the, uh, <laughs> the amount of presidential order decrees, you know, that would be, those would be flying out. Oh, we could dismiss Congress. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> if I'm president, man, they're unnecessary completely. Uh, first thing that would happen is, uh, I would, put in an executive order to cancel every previous executive order and every previous anything I can, every law that I can get rid of would be removed immediately. That'd be, that'd be decision. Number one, number two, everybody has to carry a firearm at all times. I yes, Mandatory firearms ownership, I think is the only way to ensure that the second amendment is adhered to. At what age? Like do we 12 years old at birth? At birth, here's here's right. Yes, the, put the nine millimeter right in the crown. I'll start with the twenty two. They're smaller. That's right. You, you can't go right up to the forty five immediately. You start them young with a little something a little smaller. We do have a couple but, of boostergram. Netnet just sent in a boostergram. Oh, nice fifty two fifty two and said this donation is so that Sir Gene gives me a no bid government contract when he becomes president. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there's contract a lot of those, what? dude seriously if you want to look for no bid contracts there there's websites that literally just exist to collect this shit and look for uh there there's i can't remember the exact stats but it's something like 38 percent of all government contracts are never fulfilled and like 40 percent are done with single bid nothing to see there mm, yeah. no corruption yeah. Uh, CSB came in with a couple of booster grams. The latest one, 1015 Satoshi's, wants to know, is Gene's iced tea that's coming tomorrow? See, now he knows when your iced tea's coming up. <laughs> I know, that's scary. Will there be sugar or with sweetener, yo? 
Uh, yeah, it's a zero sugar. It's fake sweetener. And it's the same sweetener that I typically would put in my homemade iced tea. Wouldn't the sweetener is, uh, be the bad part for you, though? No, no, it's not bad. It's, uh, I can't remember what the hell it's called. Stevia? No, I hate Stevia. It tastes like shit. So that's, so you're not in the Truvia. You're in, uh, no. like a monk fruit kind of a thing. Is that, uh, no, 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 no. I'm in pure chemical one. Is it also, oh, it's an artificial, uh, yeah, it's the yellow one, whatever the yellow one is. The yellow one. Um, yeah. The yellow you know, one. Nutrasweet? It's, it, it, is the yellow Nutrasweet? Is it? Maybe. I don't know. It's the yellow packets. It's one of the, it's not the saccharin. You're not doing saccharin. No. Um, saccharin is actually the best tasting of the, all the sweeteners for iced tea. But it's not the one I do. Because the problem with saccharin is you have to put it in when the tea is hot. Equal. Saccharin equal, yeah. That, no, equals blue. So it probably is NutraSweet. I think you were right from the get go. I think that's the yellow one. But uh but saccharin tastes the best for iced tea, but only if you put it in when the tea is warm because it, it is temperature sensitive into its ability to dissolve into liquid otherwise it just stays at the bottom as kind of you know fluffy flakes um splendid but splendid that there you go but here's here's the thing amazon actually has you know besides splenda mm-hmm. there is a sweetener that's just called the yellow really zero calorie know. sucralose sweetener two thousand individual serving packets for 82 dollars Woo. Huh, that seems expensive. Is that it is does that expensive for a sweetener? But it's just called the yeah. yellow. The yellow. Okay. <laughs> well, that's I guess how a lot of people refer to it. You have the yellow one. The so is that uh, is Splenda so. sucralose? Is that what that is? I think so. Must be. I like that. It's I know like it's a, not a particularly. It's it's a very chemical way to make it. I think it uses like sulfuric acid or something. I like that the box on the Splenda on Amazon is the number one recommended brand by doctors and dietitians. i'm like are any doctors really telling you to uh to have chemical sweeteners in your drink just go without mm-hmm. go uh, you without. could you could uh the the other one that's actually pretty good but it has a, a somewhat like you can taste that it's in there Splenda, you can't tell you it just tastes like sugar and but, it is uh, dextrose and sucralose in the splenda yeah 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 so it's basically sugar with uh with different chemical bonds that just you can't digest. Uh, the other one that's pretty advice. good is erythritol. Right. Well, that was and, the one that you originally had too much of and learned. That was also yes, yes, an opening a, experience. Absolutely. That, that is a cleansing agent. But erythritol is pretty good. It is not as sweet as sugar, if I remember right. But it's... Um, and it does have a little bit slightly different taste than sugar, but it is completely all natural and non-toxic, except that it used to be used as a uh, insect um, killer. Nothing wrong uh, with that. Yeah. So if you, in fact, if you look at Hunter S. Thompson, uh, he was writing one of his, in one of his novels, I think Naked Lunch, he talked about uh, how they the guys that worked as uh, pest control used to uh, uh, used to eat that stuff. Well, my dad likes to point out when he's taking his warfarin that it's rat poison. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You just don't want to take it in massive quantities. Exactly. Exactly. No, same thing when I take my uh, apple uh, vitamins, which are cyanide, and it's like used improperly could be bad for you. It'd be bad for your heart. You mean you could be dead? Yeah, that would be bad. CSP has another 1015 says, thanks for the iced tea answer. Yo. Oh, there you go. Only now, how CSP. do we condition everybody else to do the same I know we could just do a whole show. We should just we should just take (laughs) questions throughout the whole show as long as they come in with boost. That's like twenty percent of all the YouTube videos I watch are basically that format. It's like people just sitting there and then reading the super chats. And then answering. And then answering them and it's like, hey, somebody just paid me ten bucks to ask a question. Well, I have no idea as the answer. Next Next question, please. (laughs) Sir Truck Driver (laughs) with thirty three thirty three says donuts are tasty. Yeah, I was playing the little J C D clip. Yeah. Sir Truck Driver got his own show now to Rolling On Dot Show. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, uh, I love it. The more podcasts we can get, the better. You yeah, it just dilutes the podcast sphere. You want to clog up that whole podcasting index thing? You just keep you. putting more podcasts hey, into it. Did you listen to Sir Gene Speaks? No, which one? Are you still doing that show? I heard that you were like the first new one in like a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been about a year since the last one, but I, I, I had another recording, so I've got another dude named Ben that's uh i'm kind of testing out to see if people like listening to nobody uh, likes any one, of your co-hosts except for me they're like this one you seems to be this one's canadian so he's a lot more polite why would you well, see that and probably quiet because canadians are usually like either oh no this one is not quiet now know. ask him to say organization because this the real dude, canadian dude named will say ben named rob organization you got to say like you got to say it that way that's what I learned being a hockey fan as a kid. Was organization? That, yeah, it's, it's not organization. If a Canadian says that word, mm-hmm. it's organization. Yeah. That's the way you got to say it. Uh, mm-hmm. But CSB also, before the show, came in with 9,500 Satoshis and said, Howdy, comrades. Please tell your listeners to visit www.csb.lol for cartoons with buffoons. Yo, CSB. Well, I thought. Nice. Wouldn't you be a buffoon if you're reading the cartoon? I don't know what that? buffoon has to do with cartoons. There's some pretty good cartoons he's had. Besides that, it rhymes. Huh. Sometimes it's just probably AI probably wrote that copy. The uh, great folk singer Todd Snyder once said, I'm not telling you all of my thoughts because I think they're important. I'm telling you them because they rhyme. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like, that's it. When you think about it, you're just mm-hmm. fitting it into this particular format. We could do a whole show on unrelenting that's just rhyming. Could we? That would take work, I mean, though. We probably could. It'd be more work than I'm willing to do, but. <laughs> Which is any. But that's probably just Precisely. because. That's the beauty of this show. It's the heightest that, you know, you're, you're just coming in at a disadvantage right from the start. Yeah. Society just like. What did he say? I think Kissin said that um, you have a. Uh, 89% less chance of becoming U.S. president if you're under six feet tall. Or a CEO of any company. Or, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Or CEO of any company. Exactly. And rightfully so. I mean, what do short people know? Come on. <laughs> what do short people know? You want to be tall. You want uh-huh. the tall guy. He seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. A born you know, leader. Just, the taller they are, the harder they fall. I did like that he kind of called out his buddy that's like five foot five about like, well, mm-hmm. you know, you've, uh, you know, kind of like, well, you're you're being the whole world is against his you. liberal buddy. Uh huh. Yeah. And the guy was like, well, no, I just it just it makes me what I am. And it's like, 
Yes, thank you. Yeah, it just made this point for him. Uh huh. It's like, well, that's everybody. It doesn't matter if you think you're at disadvantage because of the color of your skin or your gender or whatever. It's like you yeah. are what you are. It's nothing is a disadvantage if you utilize it. Well, that's absolutely it. Like, um, Daily Wire is going to have a need for uh, a bunch of dwarves. <laughs> so, might as well take advantage of it. And- well, I did like that. Uh, Disney was originally going to do away with the mm-hmm. dwarfs and the new live action Snow White. Now, I don't yeah. know how you do Snow White and the seven dwarfs without yeah, dwarfs. They were, they were the seven, the seven rainbow people. Uh huh. Yeah. And then there was so much backlash that they went, oh, yeah, we can't do that. Now they're putting in CGI dwarfs. It's like, CGI wait, CGI dwarfs. You can't Just even keep, you can't even hire real people. Yeah, to they do can't these. hire real people. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's his face already got paid? The the only expensive dwarf in the movie industry. The only uh, expensive. The guy that was dwarf. on. Um, wow. Yeah, the guy. Well, he is. He's the only one. The, he was the one that the Game well, of Thrones, him. right? Yeah, he didn't he die? Tyrion Lannister. No, he didn't die. You sure? I thought he died. The actor? I thought so. No, no, he didn't die. I remember when Vern Troy died. He was that was. But now he will because we've talked, we about, talked him. about him. Did we? Yeah. Did we talk about uh, Matthew <sighs> Perry on the last? Yeah, episode? I know. It was like, God damn it! We just need to stop talking about eighty celebs. Dinklage says Digi Guru. Yeah. yeah, he didn't die. He was in that movie. He was cast in there. So I'm sure he got paid already. But yeah, it appears they're going to redo the whole thing with CGI. I've also heard another rumor that says they're going to take out that actress that basically has been spoiling the movie and, the, and dropping the value of their company. Well, yeah, well she's making people woke. hate her, which is not a good yeah. thing prior to the movie. Not a good out. look before. Well, she's literally done nothing. She's a nobody. Got her first big well, starring no, but role. She's, she's Latina, so that's the whole big thing. It's going to be exactly. great for Snow White Latina. That's all uh-huh. we need. Uh huh. So apparently, that they're also replacing her with Jenna. Jenna, what was her last name? Duin Tatum, the chick that played um, Wednesday Adams. Jenna yeah, Ortega. Duin. Yeah, yeah. Or Ortega. Jenna Ortega. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. her. Is, you know, he's, she's like another cute looking Latino type chick, but apparently she is a lot less woke than this chick. And Which she's got a, that pendulum, a, like you said, coming back around. It is. Yeah. Well, that's a, if somebody wants to read about the future and the past, pick up yourself a copy of pendulum by Roy Williams. And, uh, Roy's the guy that wrote the forward to my last book. Um, is a friend of mine and he wrote pendulum maybe 10, 15 years ago. And, uh, that book looks at the last 2000 years of Western history and finds a pattern of a pendulum swinging in a cycle of about 80 years. Uh, and, um, it's a predictable cycle at this point. And it's a cycle between the two extremes of, um, individualism and collectivism and 2023 is the very pinnacle of collectivism so i guess if you want to be super technical about it i guess june would have been the absolute pinnacle of collectivism and we are now on our way back out of collectivism in a very long 
40 year journey back to individualism. Well, yeah, nothing moves quickly. Well, the, it the never last, did, although the internet is changing that a bit. Yeah. The pinnacle of individualism was 1983. Ironic, right before 1984. The, uh, yeah. And uh, prior to that, of course, the pinnacle of collectivism was 1943. So we're on that which, scale. Which is, you know, right about the time that everybody was very patriotic and fighting Fighting the war the against the Russians, right? Those bad Russians and celebrating Evil Russian. the all the people that are that fought the Russians. Oh wait, those were Nazis, right? Now we're mm-hmm. backing the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, Guru. Cele- we're celebrating them in Canada. That's for sure. My buddy, Chicago area boy, Digi Guru, mm-hmm. says Darano wants them to cast Tate as Snow White. I'd watch that. I T- think she'd be better as the Evil Queen. Ooh, either one. Was even again. This is where I think this. This I don't magical think Snow White is a is a you know a thirty five year old chick. I think that this again we've already talked about the de aging magic. Yeah. Oh but yeah, it, and I think we're going to get to the point to where you know you come up to your Netflix type thing and you click on Snow White and mm-hmm. you're like, wow, yeah, the chick that they actually cast in this was a total bitch. It's like I want Taylor Swift to be. Mm-hmm snow white or i want uh scarlett johansson to be snow white mm-hmm. and you just type that in and the ai will change what you're about to see because why not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and somebody did that with disney's uh mermaid one that just came out um what was it called it's what's a little mermaid because they had a black chick playing the mermaid and somebody did the re- facial replacement and then put a white chick in there. They're like, how dare you? Oh, it was so racist. Can't believe you did. Wait a minute. Isn't it racist for Disney to do it in the first place? Right. Unless <laughs> how's it's. It, how's it only racist in one direction? Of course. Well, that was, I pointed that out. Donna Summer, love Donna Summer. She yep, had an album yep. that came out in like the 80s or 90s where she was in white face and the whole Asian kind of motif. Yeah. But it's like, well, that's okay. Well, this is, remember, this is what Megan Kelly got fired for from her network gig. What? Was remembering Halloween's and saying that it wasn't bad for people to put on blackface as long, you know, the kids doing your costumes, as long as it was mm-hmm. something that was done with love. I mean, again, if you have a seven year old and they're like, hey, mommy, I want to be whatever yeah. for the, you know, it's like, do you think the seven-year-old kids like well i want to look darker because i hate black people it's like no that's their favorite disney princess or that's their favorite whatever yeah yeah yeah. no that's uh that's true well i it's been a while since i did blackface for halloween (laughs) okay now there's a better cold opener people are going to be like now we want to find out what this is all about nobody's going to be able to turn this show off after hearing that as the first thing Uh, really is that what you think i think so I think okay. that or or that number of 48% that wouldn't listen to Gene if somebody paid them, yeah. that number is going to skyrocket. Uh-huh. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Michael Jackson costumes. Absolutely right. Blue dude. No, I'm st- I, I went to Kanye West. <laughs> was, now, were you being mean to a Taylor Swift at the time or was this before the, uh, oh. the Taylor? No, that's incident? like uh, what the uh, right before COVID. Okay, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Right before COVID. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. The Podfather is checking the stream, so I'm guessing that the uh, podcasting 2.0 is coming up earlier than normal today. 
Oh, you mean like instead of three hours from now, two hours from now? Probably right at the top of the hour. We do clear the stream by 12. Uh, CSB, yeah, we do that. CSB coming in again with 1015. On behalf of Poland, I apologize for Rachel Ziegler, the Snow White actress, who is, wow. I don't, I'm not even going to say that one, CSB. And she is still, and she is half Polish. Wait, Yo, why is CSB. Poland apologizing? I don't understand why Poland... I guess she's, she's half Polish. Polish. He said she's half Polish. So really? Maybe half Latina, half really? Polish. She doesn't, she doesn't look very Polish to me. I don't know. We if CSB knows everybody's. Uh, yeah, everybody's. DNA. I don't know how, but he knows everybody everybody's Polish. He, he's got in the database. CSB says if you follow him on Twitter at uh, CSB, he will answer all questions. Just come up with random actors, actresses, uh-huh. politicians, and be like, well, what's their ancestry? He'll know. Yeah. Check to see if they're Polish or not. He will know. Yeah. I don't know how, but he knows. But if you want to uh, send a boost like CSB, go to newpodcastapps.com and just search for Unrelenting. Subscribe to us. Review the show if you can. And uh, Kevin Seifert also came in with $5. I'm sorry, Kevin. That should have been right up front via PayPal. Yeah. I, I mean, that's like 10 times as much donation as all the uh, booster grams. I almost, this show gets so few donations. I almost don't even look before I start doing the show. If anything oh, came man. in in the past week, mm-hmm. I mean, we're really getting up to that show 100 though. in early of 2024, I think, I think people yeah. are finally catching on to the show and they will come well, out. It big. is, it is a show that always surprises people because we never have the same topics. Well, yeah, not even in the same genre, but it's always, no the best coverage on whatever it is you're hearing at that time it's fascinating <laughs> this show is absolutely fascinating if we have to say so ourselves just go to unrelenting.show if you want more information the domain's working this week unlike last week oh nice that yeah, still annoyed it's, it's me it's always fun when things like that happen well yeah when it's the day of the renewal and it's like well we're just going to cut off your dns because you know you your mm-hmm. you, your renewal is due tomorrow or it's actually it's due today before the end of the day yeah but we're going to show you hell of a landlord uh-huh exactly they throw your shit out the window but i haven't told five o'clock to pay <laughs> yeah i kind of figured yeah. you weren't yep. going to <laughs> kind of the way it goes yeah, it doesn't, we, we don't think you're actually using this domain, so we'll just go ahead and assume that you don't really want it. Yeah, it's unrelenting.show, these .show domains. See, this is also you where got they a couple get other you. podcasts, too, don't you? Yeah, and I have uh, planetrage.show, mm-hmm. rnr.show, mm-hmm. grumpyoldbenz.com, and random, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. Is that still going? That's still going, man. I just hit oh, episode wow. 251 damn and i did it live That's pretty good because the wednesday slot you know normally the Nobody's glb there. slot it's like uh people were uh-huh. looking for grumpy old bands i'm like i don't normally do random thoughts live yeah. but i'm that good where i can do a monologue for 42 minutes yeah and boom well 42 minutes it's about the amount of time you talk in this show too it is well in one breath then i let you talk <laughs> for 42 minutes and uh yeah, we do, we take turns and of course i've got uh just a good old boys.com and uh bringing back podcast.surgene.com woo surgene speaks in your podcasting yeah. 2.0 apps are they all boostable right. now uh theoretically i had uh <laughs> i had ben take care of the boosting stuff for the uh just the good old boys because he kept pestering me and i was like i did just put yours in there don't worry about the split 
when you said somebody actually wait why don't you do that on this show why do you want to split here I if said, you're gonna because why are you nicer I, to all of your other co-hosts you really have to ask <laughs> no i'm just I'm, I'm assuming i'm gonna get a big christmas present yeah, taylor swift get, is gonna knock on my door get a nice chunk of coal is what you <laughs> get well stealing my money all these years all the, wait it hasn't even been years has it oh yeah yeah it's been multiple years I mean, I guess the fact that it's 90 episodes, uh, about one a week. Yeah, I guess that that makes Two sense, years, baby. Time flies like we're having no fun. Yeah, especially as when we started on the old show title. Right under that grumpy old bands. And then those episodes yeah. disappeared. Those I don't think are even available anywhere now. Oh, they better be available. I mean, I've, like got, them on my, I've got them on my hard drive, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had to uh, remove those to keep the continuity of the other show. What? Yeah, what do you mean remove them. You can't remove pieces of podcast. That's illegal. <laughs> Everything's illegal. Completely illegal. We'll put them up though on our. Uh, what do we have? A locals. We could do that. As some bonus well, content. No, no, no. That's bullshit. If you seriously, I didn't realize you remove them from. If you remove them, stick them on this RSS feed. Give everybody the full, the full catalog. Then that's a good idea. We could put those up as bonus episodes. Yeah, we'll be at a hundred. A hundred. Next week, oh yeah, we'll be past we 100. Be, we did at least 20 up. of them. We did at least 20 of them in the other show. And you know, it really wouldn't even be that hard just to uh, snip off the the beginning with the grumpy old Ben's theme and put the unrelenting theme. Nobody would even know. No, you could snip it. Like that would be professional to snip it off, or you could do what I would do and just put a header just, on all of them saying, "And this is a retrospective of yes. blah 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 blah." Well, you could be like the yeah. Disney people. What you're about yeah. to hear was from a different time. And it's people that might right. be, it might anger people what you're about to hear. Mm-hmm. But have no fear. We but will, it's the same show. I mean, we've never really changed the format, even when the name changed. Absolutely true. Why would we, and Gene? I, and I was trying to get you to change the name after episode three. And you, it took you like 20 episodes to do it. You know, I hate to say it, Gene. I don't like to say it. You were right. The Democrats are just like Hamas 